Hill Street Blues, Diagnosis Murder, and Manimal. You know that's right. This episode of I Heard It Both Ways coming at you right now. I've heard it both ways. 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 And welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. And with me, as always, is my partner in crime riding shotgun in the blueberry with me today is burlap sack burlap how's it going <laughs> that's a really good one actually <laughs> i like the inanimate object use so uh, uh i'm doing great yeah yeah we uh we had a real good one last week uh was was excited about that it was fun we have another great episode again uh this week billy uh so why don't you run us through the run the people through the process and we'll get right into it all right first of all we start with a holla and with the cream skull in that this time in between, a little bit of the Thundercats. Oh! So uh, let's just dive right in. Dive right in. So this was a great cold open. I love this one. <laughs> because we get a pimp-ass Henry walking down the stairs in that immaculate purple robe. I love He's the just robe. balling and shot calling walking down those stairs. And you see, uh, you see a very suspicious-looking Sean, uh, you know, with with the with the baking utensils, he 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 was cooking something up, muffins, pair, muffins. So yeah, he was cooking up muffins because apparently he's been grounded. No shock there. And he's uh, got to see RoboCop. He's got he's got to see RoboCop, right? So he's trying to get out of trouble. And uh, Henry Henry suspects uh, something is uh you know not quite afoot, and uh, so he's trying to catch Sean in a lie here, which he does very cleverly by asking Sean what his special ingredients or secret ingredients were for making those muffins. And uh, what was it? Is that a, a hint of cinnamon? Hint, yeah, hint of thyme. <laughs> yeah, and and some cilantro. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's it. Yeah, clearly, you know, no. uh, Sean didn't bake those muffins, and so he, so he lied about it. And then you have Gus hiding in the pantry, which was great. And so we didn't get any Henry uh, prick alerts in this. Not episode. just a good a good moment. Lies lead to more lies, which is basically the entire premise of this episode. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good, it was a good teachable moment. He was like, "Listen, kid, if you had been just straight with me, I probably would have let you off the hook." You know what I mean? And uh, so, uh, what today's episode is? And uh, whoops, uh, I wrote the wrong fucking title in there. Uh, Meat is murder, but also murder is murder. Uh, season two, episode six. Uh, the quick synopsis is: Sean and Gus investigate who poisoned a food critic. Gus's uncle Burton comes to town and tags along on the investigation. So Gus has to pretend to be psychic. And for me, it was this element that made the entire show. I mean, uh, what's his name? I forget his name off the top of my head, but the guy from um, who plays his uncle, I'll pull up in a second here on IMDb, but he is phenomenal. I think this is uh, like, I have to go back, but like Seinfeld didn't have a lot, like just, uh, a bunch of recurring like uh, guest stars, not recurring, but just like John Amos is the guy. And uh, you right. might know him, you know, this is McDowell's, uh, you know, they have the golden arcs. We have the golden arches. Is that, is that him? I right? think so. Yeah, I believe We're so. Yeah. To America. Yeah, yeah. 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 I hope it is. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's him. Of course. Yeah, it's yeah, him. Yeah. I like, I, I know that guy anywhere. So I don't know why I was like hesitant in that take, but this guy is great. And the way he plays this character is phenomenal. And I love the dynamic right off the bat. He doesn't like Burton for not using his name. And then he also thinks that Sean is worthless because he's the sidekick. Yeah. 
And so what's what's great is that the the entire premise it it's I don't know if the premise was based off of White Likes. I think he was just telling his great aunt that he was working part time at a psychic office. He lied. He trumped it up. He was trying to make himself sound cool. Yeah, and uh, so so his whole so his his that whole side of his family, his mom's side of the family, thinks he's a psychic, and so he's got to pretend to be Sean, and so in turn. (laughs) Sean is the assistant, and so you know Uncle Burton is playing. He's like, well, "This place is a dump, Sean. You gotta, you know, you gotta clean this place up. You know, you gotta do your job here." And so that that theme throughout the entire episode, and that dynamic, for me, uh, it was just absolutely hilarious because he did a great job, just you know, playing like a cranky ass old man. Oh, he and- absolutely did. And by the way, do you know who Gus's mom is off the top of your head? Random piece of trivia. In real life or on the show. Both. Well, no. Uh, uh, in real life, what's her? What's her real name? I have no idea. Oh, it's Mrs. Cosby. It's Felicia Rashad. Oh, I, okay. Well, that's what I was asking. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was going to say Felicia Rashad, but I, I was like, yeah, her real name. Talking about like the actors, like uh, yeah, Julie yeah. Hills. Like, does he yeah. have a famous mom? That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Felicia Rashad. It's Mrs. Cosby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's great. The gambling episode oh, so uh, that good. she's in, and she's just you know she's a degenerate gambler. Yeah. That was uh, that was a good little. Uh, you know, piece of uh, background there because you know when you ever see Gus's parents, they're, they're all so always so prim and proper. And when she's you know up betting on the ponies, that was, uh, that, was <laughs> that was a fun reveal. But this was this was a, a we're going to talk about our different opinions on this episode later on. But uh, I thought this was a really good one because of the dynamic between uh, you know Gus having to be the psychic. And Sean being the assistant, and then with you know Uncle uh, Uncle Burton just being a cranky ass uh, some bitch. But uh, I thought the case was really cool too. So in the synopsis, you know, you know, you heard me say it was it, it revolves around uh, a dead uh, food critic, mm-hmm. and and sort of going around and trying to figure out you know who it was uh, that that killed him. And we get we get a couple of twists and turns in this episode, which yeah. I thought worked pretty well. Um, it starts out in the psych parking lot and uh, Sean's looking for Gus. Obviously we'll get to that later in one of the best lines of the entire episode. And uh, he's taking uncle Burton out for dinner, but curveball Sean's like, we need you on this case. And that's where we kind of get the whole reveal of, Hey, Sean, this guy thinks that I'm actually the psychic. And then we get that little back and forth about how Sean's not actually pulling his weight. And then they get to the crime scene and this is one of my favorite parts because, like, you can just tell Uncle Burton knows what's what right away because he's like, I haven't seen enough Hill Street Blues to know what's what. And he gets himself into the crime scene. So now Gus is freaking out that he's going to have to be psychic in front of his uncle. Yeah, and, and Sean and, and Sean is perfect here because he's just trying to bust Gus's nuts. Mm-hmm. He's trying to embarrass him, uh, you know. And it's funny because he's like, you know, he walks in and, and Gus is all excited because, like, oh, they're never going to let Uncle Burton uh, in here. And he goes, no, there was no crime scene. You guys aren't collecting evidence. I've seen enough Hill Street Blues to know that I'm allowed to be here. And so Gus is freaking out, which was great. And and then you get Sean was just like, no, 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 no. You'll be fine. Look, there's a clue here. There's a clue there. There's a clue here. Yeah, and I think, like, I don't think Sean, I think Sean is busting his balls. But, like, Sean knows, like, he's going to pull him out of the fire at the last second to actually make him look good. Because he even gets into his actual process, which is, like, you just make some observations for a conclusion and reveal it to everybody in a ridiculous and or roundabout way. And that's literally, like, what he does every episode and i thought that was just like the perfect little way like when he's in the kitchen when they discover 
you know, the wife's a bad cook. He also gets yeah. to look at the uh, curvy A box with the yep. sliced mushrooms there. So that's another reveal. But they start to talk to the wife. Um, and she she's actually great because she's like, it was tough being married to a food critic because he rated everything I did. <laughs> and I then they go, cracked two and a half stars. <laughs> and then they're like, they couldn't have rated everything. Yeah. <laughs> no, everything. So, you know, he was like, imagine being done with, you know, the marital affairs and just being yeah. like, 1.6 lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check please halfway through. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, holy smokes, that was <laughs> that was that was that was a great little uh but they, they the wife is is a suspect here because he died in the home mm -hmm. and you know her food was the last thing that they 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 think he ate. Um, but it becomes apparent, right, that she's not uh a, a suspect because she was actually cooking him healthy food because he'd gotten you know he you know had a physical and his blood work was all shit and so she was actually trying to keep him alive and keep him yeah, healthy she wouldn't have kept him as uh Sean said she wouldn't have been trying to keep him alive with healthy home cooked meals if she wanted him dead. Right. So ruling that out they now have to figure out you know what you know who killed him and what was the potential motive? And and I thought this was a really good job in this episode. Was they kind of swerve you a couple of times, uh, but the 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 um, the takeout food that was in the refrigerator when they were sort of going around the crime scene, uh, you know, looking for clues. Uh, you know, they they see you know the 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 curvier, mm -hmm. right? And that's uh, Antonio's. And so that's you know that was a sort of a keen observation let's go there and check out that place and you know see if there's any clues and and to get back to it real quick actually you know where i said like sean was trying to embarrass gus i think it was just it was great role reversal all the way around because that's yeah. typically what gus does to sean right especially with the uh you know picking the lock uh from 65 million years ago mm -hmm. and and gus is sort of leaving them hang you know uh, sean hanging this there a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> So it was it was great to see those because I thought I thought Gus just when he's having his psychic visions and he's making the noises and he's trying to be Sean with all the crazy antics was just um, yeah <laughs> well yeah and then like you know um so Blassie thinks this is a total non case right so yeah, he's like no we have you know all of this uh, evidence even you know when they go to the chef Antonio's restaurant they find you know that uh, he ate you know the poison mushrooms at the restaurant and. You know, all of that stuff unfolds and they think they have the guy, but they don't actually because Sean saw his black tongue thinking that he was, you know, wait, am I all over the place right now? A little bit, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I skipped ahead. It's okay. It's okay. it's okay. So essentially what it is, is that if the wife didn't poison him, yes, right, okay, who yeah. did, right? And so they end up going to Antonio's because that's the last known place that, you know, he was thought to have eaten that because of the takeout containers mm -hmm. right so they head to uh antonio's and they're doing some snooping there and uh they're just trying to kind of get a sense of you know trying to feel antonio out a little bit sean makes an observation here uh with the risotto that uh the way he cut the mushrooms yeah, was sort uh, of a diagonal of cubed, slice. yeah yeah and the mushrooms that were in the takeout container were cubed so that's something that sean picks up on uh, but this is where this is where Lassie and them show up to arrest Antonio because they did a talk screen on uh, Jeff Wagner and he was poisoned by the death cap mushroom and mushrooms were found in the Antonio's container. So that's why they then, you know, arrest Antonio. 
Oh, so I'm skipping over the part where they initially figured out that it was murder when right. he goes and gets all of the stuff to figure out what turns your tongue black that actually right. gets them to arrest Antonio. Sorry right. for throwing us off course there, but now we're back on track. We're back on, baby. We're, we're back on, you know. So, you know, you know, was, you know, Wagner, you know, poisoned? It appears to be so. Uh, and, but Sean doesn't think, in fact, knows it wasn't Wagner because we just, as we just discussed about with, with the mushrooms. So, you know, then, you know, then who is it? So now, now it really could be anybody. They've got, they've got literally no idea. They're back at the station. Sean's trying to get some information out of Jules and, and, and get it out of Lassie. And this is where Sean sort of sneaks a piece. There's a piece of evidence on Lassie's desk, right? Where it's his notebook or it's Wagner's mm -hmm. critics notebook. And he sees yeah, was, that the risotto was served uh, cold, was served cold, which, why, Why the hell is that? Cold exactly. Restaurant. exactly. Um, so this is where Sean sort of gets a great idea. Actually, Gus Gus gets the idea here, right? Because he says something like, uh, "Oh, what the hell does Gus say here?" Um, and Sean goes, "Oh, that's that's a that's a brilliant piece of uh, crime solving." Uh, oh, you're gonna you know, start a crime fighting revolution with talk like that? Yeah. Yeah, because Gus is like, we need to go check out all the places uh, that Wagner reviewed to see if we can find a suspect. And Sean's like, yeah, no shit, you know, Captain Obvious. Uh, so this is where we get probably, I think, the best uh, scene uh, in the show, really, uh, is when they're doing the montage of all the restaurants. Oh, my God. So the I want candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So they so they go to all the different restaurants that um, that Wagner uh, recently reviewed, and we get this great montage to "I Love Candy," and we get a whole cast of characters of different chefs, and they're all talking about how they hate Wagner. Everyone hated Wagner because his reviews were friggin' brutal. Uh, some of which included, uh, you know, what he called my award-winning jambalaya. Jambalousy. Jambalousy. <laughs> You know what he wrote in his review about my miso yellowtail roll? <laughs> yeah, miso disappointed. Hey, that's not funny. Oh, and uh, the thing that Gus said, now that it's coming back to me, he said that, you know, if one guy hated him, maybe they all hated him. Yes. So he found, they all found out, you know, who, you know, um, that's when they went to the newspaper and found right. the angry chef letters, that's you know, right. and that's where, you know, Sean kind of meets the editor. Yeah. Sean meets the, uh, the editor's uh, assistant, and they also meet wagner's assistant who leads them down this trail and i think my favorite part of that whole thing is they go to the guy uh and he's like why why are you reviewing this restaurant he never even ate here <laughs> yeah yeah good they're, they're eating the lobster yeah right and uh the the the, the lady that did the, the 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 dessert chef it's just he was referred to by white chocolate tiramisu as ass cake, ass cake. <laughs> which is just absolutely brilliant and then uncle burton just goes ask her some more questions maybe we can get some cookies yeah <laughs> like, he's so great and that was another great element too, was that, you know, these two, uh, you know, Burton starting to gain a little bit of respect, uh, you know, for Gus along the way, because mm -hmm. Gus is starting to, you know, we're obviously with Sean's help, you know, uh, you know, cook with a little bit of gas and they're making some leeway in the case. And yeah, I, you know, you glossed over something, I glossed over something, you know, it, you know, but them going to, uh, you know, the newspaper where, you know, Wagner was, uh, you know, he where he's employed and where he was a critic and, and I mean that binder of hate mail was thick. A huge, yeah. It goes I mean, from mild abhorrence to extreme hate. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, where? Where's the uh, wish you were dead mail? Oh yeah, we have that section, you know, right <laughs> here. And that's 
that's where they got all the the lists for the montage. So, you know, they go through all you know all those guys, and none of them were viable suspects because mm-hmm. the night that uh, Wagner died, they were all extremely busy. You know, in the kitchen, they all you know they had um, a legit alibi. And so they go back to the newspaper uh, to try and glean some more information. Uh, you know, Sean has to find a way in. So he, I think, becomes the 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 horoscope, yeah, the, the astrological uh, forecaster. Yeah, which was a which was a great little scene of how he got the job. But that that sort of is in so that he can kind of get some some inside uh, knowledge. But they're still pretty stumped. I mean, this is another great case of we're halfway through the episode, we still have no suspect. Uh, and we kind of sort of have a motive, we think, because everyone hates him so much. So I, that's we think the it's avenue. the angry chef. But at the end yeah. of that montage, what they really do is crack what really the crux of it was, what the real motive was that, you know, one of the uh, I think it was the dessert chef, the female in that montage said, yeah. I don't know why that guy was always so angry. He ate out for free for his job. And then Gus brings that up to Sean and Sean goes, hmm, that's a good point. That's a really good point. It's probably somebody at the paper who wants the job, who killed him to get it. Right. So that was, that, but they still have no idea. I mean, it's a needle in a haystack mm-hmm. sort of thing to try and suss out a. Well, yeah, know. they even pick up the pile of applications because he says, I can help you with my soothe services and Save figure services? out. <laughs> that, that's another bit they do often too. Yeah. Like the what actually is staked? Got staked. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like they pick up the pile of applications because he's going to vet them for uh, Phil Pritikin or whatever the hell his name is, uh, the editor in chief. Um, and there's a hundred in there and they can't figure, they can't vet all 100 suspects. Yeah. So Sean has actually a really good idea because we have to, we have to go someplace that will help point us in a direction. We mm-hmm. need to, you know, the death cap mushroom is obviously not a legal mushroom. Right, because they're poisonous, they're gonna fucking kill you. So Sean you know, tracks down there's some hippy dippy uh local uh Al Mooney. Al Mooney, crazy Al Mooney, uh who is uh he's a mushroom farmer, he's an expert on mushrooms. So they go uh interview him, hoping that they can get something from him that'll help you know help them narrow down the suspect list a bit. And and this guy was great. I've I've never seen this guy before. He kind of looks familiar, but not not quite. And uh, but he's just he, he plays what you'd expect a mushroom farmer to be. Yeah, my favorite is the why do you ask? Why do you ask? What do I ask? It's like, why do you ask? Why do I ask? It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I loved him. Um, and it's like he's so over the top and outrageous, it kind of plays well. Uh, let's see what his name is. It's Bernie Clausen. Okay, uh, he hasn't been anything since 2016, and he's most well known for The Accused in 1988. He okay. was in an episode of the X-Files. <laughs> okay. And uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's about it. That's it's all he's about got. It's no, about it. Well, I, oh, I, I, he was in an episode of MacGyver in 1988. <laughs> oh, no shit. All right. There you go. Right. That's probably where I recognize him from. <laughs> but uh, he was a great little character in this. And, you know, it's, you know, he's about to give them, he's because they're talking about the death cap. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't accuse me. Those are illegal. Uh, but someone did come here about a week or so ago asking about the death caps. Or, okay, sweet, we're gonna, we're gonna, you yeah. know, we're gonna get, you know, pointed in the right direction here. And he describes the guy that, that was asking about the, the, the mushrooms as uh, six foot tall, 
had sunshine coming out of his mouth and had hippos for arms. Yeah, had, no, it, had a hippopotamus for a hand. Yeah, that's right. Hip, hippopotamus for a hand. So this guy's, you know, yeah, the you know the the you know reality is in this guy's rear view mirror, you know, by by a country mile. So this was this didn't really help them out, but it was actually very important information. He's actually uh, a little bit like Jonathan Silver, the single guy in the episode. Um, Lion true. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Lion, he's like Lion Ryan Bainsworth. Yeah. Like everything he said was true, but it was just fucking wild. Like it didn't yeah. make any sense until you saw the guy and you figured out how his brain worked. But it was actually pretty accurate. Yeah. And so they're like, well, this this was, you know, this was useless. And so they they're where where do they go when they're absolutely stumped? Henry. Uh, they, well, actually, they Henry, Henry comes to them. Does he come to them? Yeah, he comes up to uh because of the horoscope. Oh, that's right. He's at the office because Sean's yeah. writing the horoscopes, which was a great little bit because he wrote very, very uh descriptive uh and, and detailed horoscopes. And so yeah, this was a great little scene because this is the first yeah. pivot we see because Henry's like it's like please return the uh it's like the confiscated BB gun you took yeah. from your son in the second grade, and he brings it with like a box of stuff and just yeah. like throws it at him. Like, hey, if you want it, next time be a man and just ask it for yeah. it. And I don't write a horoscope about it. Right. And this was again, Henry actually, you know, wasn't being a prick and he was just like, listen, kid, you know, these things, people, you know, people take these things seriously. You gotta, you know, you gotta buck up. And, you know, maybe if you spent less time writing silly horoscopes and actually reading the newspaper, you might get the information you need. And this is where we find out about the veggie burger incident. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and like we can just like do it here because uh, when he talks about, you know, if you're <laughs> asking for a burger without meat, you've reserved the right like to not care about taste. Yeah, I've heard the story, Dad. Yeah. Just go ahead and call somebody a hippie and get it over yeah. with. Like, yeah, that's one it. of my favorite moments of the whole entire episode. Because <laughs> they say it in unison, too. You know, it's obviously not the first time, you know, mm -hmm. you know, he said it. You know, you've lost the right to complain about, about flavor. flavor. <laughs> but the best part is, again, we get a call him a hippie and let's get to the point. You know, mm -hmm. that was, you know, such a such a young man thing to say to an old man. You know, it was just uh, a, a perfect moment between <laughs> us two. And another one of those moments that I love is when they're at the roller derby and he keeps calling all the like the roller derby participants all the females broads. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like I'm glad I can come tonight to hear you call all these ladies broads, dad. <laughs> Which I love that term. I know it's not the greatest term, but I say it as the as the utmost term of endearment. Just like it's like, "Oh yeah, my grandma, she's a tough old broad." You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I remember one time uh I think uh, an ex of mine used it to describe another girl like oh you talking to that broad <laughs> I was just yeah. like oh. <laughs> like it's just a good like you know uh it's an you old know, like, man word for sure yeah 100 percent. but it's like you know hey buddy hey pal hey guy yeah, i wonder right. if girls yeah. do that <laughs> yeah hey broad oh, yeah, hey lady out that broad you know hey, oh, this, this is gal yeah <laughs> yeah this gal <laughs> but we learned about the great veggie burger incident which yep. is absolutely fantastic so now we're kind of circling back to uh, Chef Antonio a little bit. And we find out that there, we get introduced to a character called the Vegan Vigilante. How menacing. Who is, yeah, who is all up in arms uh, over Chef Antonio. Very mad at him uh, because he was serving very bland uh, veggie burgers. Mm -hmm. So he decided to flavor them up. Uh, well, he was serving veggie broth. burgers. Yeah, veggie burgers that were bland. But he was, he was in order to make them more flavorful, uh, he was adding beef broth to them. Mm -hmm. And so this vegan vigilante got all pissed off 
and was picketing and and uh, you know doing all that shit outside of his uh, restaurant. So now Sean and Gus are thinking maybe it was a frame up. Maybe this is the suspect. You know, like she easily could have you know killed this person, framed Antonio because. Uh, you know, he was sneaking uh, beef broth into the veggie burger to give it flavor, and uh, but we find out she's not the she she's no, not the one that she did couldn't it. have been because she would have been like you know chained to a pole, and then the person who actually died ate the poisonous mushrooms while she was chained up. Yeah, because and... we find out someone else died here. This is a back to back episodes, right? Yeah, Where... a six footer dumped him yeah. in a, a dumpster right near the uh, the news uh, station. Yeah, yeah. So this is again, yeah. This is an unintentional death. So someone else has died uh, because of the death caps. They were and they were, you know, were found. It was a homeless person. They were eating out of the dumpster. This dumpster happened to be located across from from the newspaper. And so they're like, okay, if it wasn't this, if it wasn't this woman, you know, who was it? And so yeah, Gus Sean looks, and Gus are like, yeah, we're on the right. We were on the right track originally. It was somebody from the paper. Yeah. But, you know, Sean, uh, Gus looked really stupid because he went on his whole overconfident uh, thing about accusing uh, the vegan vigilante. Oh. Right. Was it her? Yeah, that's where you get the, the meat is murder, but murder is also murder. Yeah, yeah. A rare uh, getting the name of the show title in the episode. And Burton, Uncle Burton is so disappointed. Gus. Oh, he's like, crestfallen by it. All the respect that he had given Gus earlier has now gone. So now Gus is... You know, Gus is like, oh, what the hell? So they're driving. They're they're about to, you know, they're on their way to drive Uncle Burton back to uh, the airport because his the worst vacation is is you know coming to an end. But he left. He's pissed because he left his shirt uh, at the hotel room. His hippo shirts. His hippo shirts that uh, he loved because he made his arms look huge. Yep. You know, which I thought was a great line. It's just the way he saying, "Oh, I love that shirt. It made my arms look so huge." <laughs> And don't you mean hip shirts, Uncle Burton? No, no, the hippo shirts. And when he was talking about the hippo on the sleeve, this is where uh, yeah. Sean puts it all together, and this is where we yeah. get our big reveal. This combined with the fact that the guy who dumped him off was also really tall, and Phil uh, Al Mooney also said the guy was tall. So Sean was able to put it together because it was so close to the paper. Yeah. So they go to uh, the newspaper, and all of a sudden – you know, Burton goes in, guns a blazing, like he solved the case, and then he's like, oh, shit, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, so he has to dial it back, and then uh, they actually have to do, like, a double solve, which was hilarious. Yeah, and this was this was great because, you know, it was like when, when it was just Sean and Gus in front of Uncle Burton, you know, they could play it off where Sean could stand behind Uncle Burton and sort of, pantomime the clues mm -hmm. to him and, and, and gus could pull it off but now you know they're at the newspaper sean's put it together right the guy was tall uh he had hippopotamuses for hands and he had but he had uh, the orange mouth and and, the, and he had the sunshine coming out of his mouth which the chief's assistant uh was constantly popping fucking cheetos every day with and, the cheetos the and trying to the critique eye. them right yeah, the eye cut uh the eye culling the eye catching color uh, such a nice contrast to their taste. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, Gus, you know, it, this is the the big predicament now because now you have Uncle Burton and you have the cops. The cops obviously know, Bert, you know, Gus isn't the psychic, but they have to play. So they just keep doing this, like, tagging, slapping each other upside the head back and forth, you know, like, you know, 
Sean's yeah, giving the visions have come too complicated for one yeah. person to deci decipher. So two heads working at once. He does the good old magic head, and yeah. they just start smacking each other. I think there's even an Indian bird in there. There might be. There might be. So this was just a great case. It was over the top. It was silly. It was, and it was bang, 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 back and forth. And and through all of this is where Sean, you know, uh, you know, he he said, you know, he he he's telling the story about, you know, you know. The critic was murdered because he was never going to retire mm -hmm. and someone really, really wanted his job. And that person was the assistant to the editor, right? That we just mentioned, so, you know, he's six feet tall. He's got the Cheeto dust around his mouth, like a fucking lunatic. And he was wearing a shirt, one of those button up shirts that the had hippo the hippo. Yeah. It was like almost like a cuff link, right? Like the mm -hmm. hippo on, on the cuff there. And so while Sean's doing this, the guy's like, whoa, whoa, it wasn't me. And, uh, you know, Sean's like, well, we have a witness that will attest, you know, that will describe you perfectly. And the guy goes, well, that no one's going to believe crazy Al Mooney anyways. And this is sort of one of those classic tropes where, uh, you know, they get the, the suspect to reveal the witness's name when no one said the witness's name yet. Mm -hmm. Right. So kind of kind of cliche, but it, it, it worked out here. Um, and then, you know, this is another back to back episodes where. If it wasn't for a random unintentional death, the person probably would have gotten away with it. Oh, yeah, because they would have never put two and two together. And I do like that every once in a while. And Sean didn't even do it intentionally, like the Elaine Bennis where uh, the red dot in the sweater, where she was like, well, Jerry told me you did buy it. No one did it on purpose. And then he yeah. freaks out at Jerry. Why would you tell her? I didn't, you idiot. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> this guy did it on his own. Uh, yeah. Al Mooney is a, a crazy person. Nobody will ever believe him. And, you know, I really do believe that, like, I've seen it happen to people where it's like, nobody actually said the person's name. So obviously you're yeah. guilty. Yeah. So it was a nice wrap up. The reveal was great. Um, I think you like this episode slightly more than me. This episode is sandwiched in between like two of my favorites from season two. But yeah. it was a delight. It was still a delight. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I absolutely love it. I love it because I thought Gus stole the show pretending to be psychic. And I mean... They just again, they, time after time after time, they knock it out with their guest uh, appearances. And yeah, I thought John Amos was, absolutely yeah. home run. And at the time, fantastic. you know, I forget he was from Good Times. I knew he was the dude from um, Coming to America. He's in Die Hard Two. Yeah. Uh, he's just he's just fantastic. <coughs> Excuse me, he's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in everything. You've seen him, you know, a hundred times, and so. And I love the character that he played. Someone who's obsessed with crime shows. I thought that. Oh my god, that so played good. well because all the references, uh, you know, all the references that were dropped. So getting into some of our 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 favorite moments now. I mean, I've said it. You know, this is my favorite episode because Gus, as the lead psychic, and his psychic visions, uh, were just fantastic. His facial expressions, his the noises he made. Uh, him trying to impress Uncle Bert and I thought was was absolutely fantastic. And what I love about Gus is he's probably one of the best actors on TV. Like I think he's really like a fantastic TV actor. You know, I don't know where I'd rank him, but he's definitely best. Uh, you know, this is the best uh, friend duo ever in my opinion. Hundred oh, percent history. But he is so good that he can even be a bad actor when he's pretending to act as Gus. Like when he's doing the thing in front of Uncle Burton, like he doesn't yeah. even play it like he's like trying to do it well. He fails at it like the um, it killed, it killed, 
his nose. Yeah. And it's like, it's like he nails the nervous guy trying to act. Like it's just, yeah. he's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was absolutely, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I like every moment I, you know, I just, I just ate it up. Um, Uncle Burton, I thought was again, a, a tremendous, uh, you awesome. know, tre- part of this uh, episode, you know, with him, you know, hating on uh, Gus for not using his name by mm-hmm. going by Gus instead of Burton, you know, uh, was was great. Yeah, the uh, you know, maybe this won't be the most boring vacation of all time when they uh find out they're not actually going to dinner. He's always yeah. on Gus's case, um, you know, and like you have it here, him name dropping yes. the police shows, and you know, Sean picking up on it. But like, go through the names; it's hilarious. Yeah, we got Hill Street Blues. Diagnosis Murder, uh, Ghost Whisperer, Rockford Files, Matlock. It's Murder She Wrote, not Murder They, they wrote, wrote. I bet right? you he even saw Manimal. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's another one I forgot. So that was just, uh, it's just, it was, you know, at his extensive knowledge, like we said earlier, with the, you know, there was no no crime scene tape up. No one's collecting evidence. I have yeah. every right to be here, you know. Yeah, I've, just... I've seen enough Hill Street Blues to know what's what. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I love that the the Sean Gus uh, the psychic co vision, especially that we got there at the end. Uh, you know, we get another great magic head reference. Uh, My favorite is the uh, you know you were looking for a fall guy, but Lee Majors wasn't available, <laughs> and then Gus whispers in it was ear. He's like, apparently he was available. He yeah, lives yeah. in town, but he was a bit out of your price range, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Like that to me, like that kind of writing is just that's why this show is so good, and it's so quick. Right, yeah. it's so quick and it's not forced, and that's uh, that's what they always get right. Um, you know, as we, we went to detail that the the, ta- uh, the taste testing montage uh, was great, and and Sean's horoscopes, I thought I thought that was a fun part of the episode as well. Oh yeah, I mean he writes one for everyone who's important in his life. He writes one for Juliet. You know, your uh, your soulmate will be wearing an Applejack's T-shirt. She reads yeah. that. Cut to Sean in said Applejack's T-shirt. Yeah. Lassie. Uh, Hey, you with the salt and pepper hair. Uh, calcium's really important to you because he just he randomly broke his arm and was in a sling and wouldn't tell yeah. anybody. So I'm assuming he broke it in real life and couldn't not be in it, and they just right. didn't feel like writing it into the story, which is whatever. Um, the BB gun thing, it's hilarious. Like That's just such a good yeah. trope to drop in there. Oh, getting Lassie to walk through doors backwards. Oh, backwards. Because it's good luck, and Sean goes, wait for it. You know, uh, and you see him just like walking through the door at the restaurant backwards, and you just hear a crashing noise. Um, so those those were, I think, you know, definitely the highlights. Um, the only the only thing I had for sort of least favorable here was, I mean, I loved the the reveal in terms of you know how it was pulled off, you know how they came to it, but I thought that you know the suspect was ultimately a little underwhelming, you know. The, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like because I mean, we only got little bits of them, and like sometimes that, to keep the motive you off was kind of weak. Yeah, sometimes to keep you off pace, I don't think they can actually give you a lot of clues to who it is. Yeah. But I thought they did a decent job of establishing why it could be him. Yeah. Um, so I see your complaint with it. Like it's like he's just some random dude. He actually kind of looked like the other guy's assistant too. Yeah. Like I think the first time I like remember watching it, I was like, "Which guy's which?" Right, uh, exactly. So I can kind of see that. Like neither of them were like distinctive people, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's a that, that's a valid complaint. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, like I said, I, everything 
you know, about the reveal for the most part, I love because I thought it was a good case. I thought how the clues came together, how all the pieces fit together. I just thought he was a little, and maybe it was just because he was a bit of a squid, you know, actor and a character. You know, <laughs> definitely what I mean? was. Yeah, uh, that it was it was a bit underwhelming. But uh, who do you have, uh, Billy? Now that we're in the Thundercats, ho uh, is your favorite character in this episode? Uncle Burton, the tank-shaped encyclopedia of crime shows. I don't often, I mean, it's usually going to go to Sean or Gus. Actually, I think there's a lot that'll go to Lassie later on. But, you know, and even when we get to Woody, I mean, when we get to Woody, that's when the show oh, really yeah. so Woody's yeah. the best. Woody is but, the best. Um, you know, you took Gus right away because you make the notes and, uh, you know, you're, you're our champion. <laughs> you for can doing agree that. with me. You can agree I can't with agree me. with you. But I did like the thing I remember most about this episode is Uncle Burton because yeah. he's just. He just nails it. Like, I don't know who the casting director on the show was, but they crush it 99 times out of 100. Yeah. And I think the only time they didn't was when they cast the hot psychic for a psychic yeah. girl. Like, and she was just, you know, it's fine. She just, yeah. she's hot. Yeah. That, that was her thing. Yeah. She had a, she had a nice uh, derriere. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I, so I had him as a close second, Uncle Burton, because just his presence, you know, mm -hmm. in every scene he was, it was great. Him, him, Busted on Guster was great. Oh, and again, all fantastic. the all, all the references and you know, I just I don't know I I I said it earlier. It's like oh, I love that shirt. It makes my arms look huge. It's like it's exactly something I would expect. And you that's ninety nine point nine percent of the reasons I pick shirts. Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> is to make you my know? arms look huge. Yeah, you know, I need the spanks to make my belly look small, and I need the arms to make you know the sleeves to make my arms look huge. Every know? day on Instagram, it'll get like progressively worse on the shirts that are recommended for me. It's always like <laughs> these shirts will, you know, make your arms look good, but hide your stomach. And the guy in the shirt, uh, in the commercial today was like 600 pounds. And I was like, <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus. That, they must okay. be tracking my Uber eats. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> they're, 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 they're linked in my Peloton. They seen, I, I haven't been on there in a few Inactive days. for three days. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. I was. Yeah, well, I, yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's it's been tough for me too, but you know, gotta gotta get back on that hot, you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, we we, we get back in. Uh, so there there was a ton of lines. So it was funny because you know, whenever I remember this episode, I always remember Gus and I always remember uh, Uncle Burton. And it's funny because usually Gus has got a lot. You know, he has a lot more funnier lines uh, in an episode. He didn't have a ton of you know like. Laugh out zingers. loud. Well, or it's zingers. Tough because he's in the Sean role for most of this episode, right? And that, and that, so that's he brought more of the the physical comedy, the mm -hmm. you know through his you know mannerisms and everything like that. But Sean had some real humdingers. I mean, he oh, was. I have a hundred. <laughs> yeah, he was on fire in this one. So some of the ones that I, that I chose that I loved was uh, right in the beginning. You know, Sean's looking for Gus, and he goes, "Yeah, we're looking." Free everywhere. You know, I went to two comic book stores and three women's volleyball games looking for you. Like that was perfect. You know, I went and to he, the candy emporium and this time for research. The, the, like that that first one that you said with the I uh, went to three uh women's volleyball games in uh two comic book stores. There's also one in the um one of your favorite episodes, the uh the dance one, uh where Lassie tap dances where he's like, I, I have an alert on your phone where it tells me if you buy I think oh, it's yeah. like cigarettes, condoms, or yeah. glue. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just such a good trope that he tracks Burton like a child or a, like a, a cheating husband, basically. Yeah. 
Oh, and what, and the other one there with the planetarium, he was, you know, he has tracking uh, Gus's phone on that one too. So yep. he's, you know, you want to talk about codependency? I mean, these two are a case study. Oh, it's uh, so good in that. But yeah, I mean, and I, then I, I love when like uh, it's like what will turn your tongue black, and Gus goes <laughs> bismic subsalicily, and Sean just goes without hesitation. A dude who used to play for the Mavericks, and I yeah. know who he's talking about but I couldn't find the player. I went through every Mavericks roster from 1990 to 2012 because Jesus. obviously this doesn't really apply after that. But right. it was like Radis Kurif. I don't need like his name is ridiculous, but it's yeah. not him. I don't know if they got the team wrong. I think they might've gotten the team wrong because there was a guy with a name that was sort of like Bismick Subsalicilli who played in the league. Yeah. But I never saw him on the Mavericks. Huh? Yeah. But that like that reference when I heard it initially, I was like, this show is right up my alley like oh, calling 100%. out like a random mavericks player that's unreal. yeah and, i mean they could have named any uh they could have named any nba team you know what i mean like it just that's a perfect foreign mm -hmm. european you know basketball name you know if i've ever heard one um it was what were some other ones you know so sean you know i love that he's He's pretending when they're at the police station in front of you know Jules and Lassie, he's got to pretend like his psychic sensors or whatever are all off kilter and he can't, you know, uh, you know, he needs a translator for his psychic visions. And so the shit that he comes up with and says, you know, it's mambo beef puddles, swirly whirly jungle pants, shark toast, shark yeah. toast. <laughs> and so then Gus has to come in and translate for him, you yep. know, and get you know, give him that, which I just thought was. Uh, was absolutely great, and we had the, the you know the uh, I'll offer up my my soothsayer services, soothsayer you know, services, soothe, 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 you know, which is which is as you mentioned, it's a great bit that they do. It is uh, they do it all the time the too. Yeah, um, uh, and then uh, the dude at the very end of the episode, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but he's oh like, yeah, yeah, dude, you can sign anything you want. Uh, you can sign Don Ch Cheadle, and this one they don't include in the Burton nicknames, but I think they should. DeBrickishaw Fillington, and you can guarantee my next Madden player is going to be named exactly that. <laughs> and, and it sort of trails off. That's right where the episode mm -hmm. sort of ends. You, you hear DeBrickishaw, and then it's like, you know, Fillington. But I, I remember, I mean, this guy, DeBrickishaw Ferguson was drafted when? 2010? Yeah. Nice. Somewhere, right, right, somewhere around there. I've mm -hmm. always loved that name. You know? Oh, it's great. DeBrickishaw. It's a, it's a, it's a, a kick-ass name. Like, you're not going to fuck with anyone named DeBrickishaw. You know, they're going to you know, knock your teeth out, but that was the Brickishaw Fillington. I thought was a good one. And this next one that I have is such a great uh, example of the great writing on the show and the great back and forth chemistry that him and Burton and Gus have, uh, Sean and Gus have. I'm serious. He's like a crazy uh, encyclopedia of uh, detective shows. I bet he's even seen Manimal and Gus goes, you're right. And Sean goes, about Manimal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he basically goes, you know, you know, uh, I found out why he likes me. He likes detective shows. Yeah. Um, but like before that, he goes like, do you know why he likes me? He goes, you don't have the braids anymore. I'm like, <laughs> just that quick, like you don't have the braids anymore. And Gus doesn't even acknowledge it. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Like the back and forth in that scene between them and like the way he delivers the about manimal line, Sean, it's yeah. just such great back and forth acting that like, it's really hard to develop that chemistry in like season, early season two. Yeah. It's like these two guys have known each other, like the legit, like Dulé Hill and James Roday. It's like they've known each other for 20 years mm -hmm. and they've got that quick, 
you know, boom, 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 back and forth. You see it with, with, with Keith and Davey. I was right? just going to say, and, it's like Mac and Goo, Keith and, and Davey. And They've yeah. known each other for so long. It's just, they're boom, 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 boom. It's exactly what that is. But, mm-hmm. you know, these guys have, you know, as far as I know, have only known each other for two yeah, years, if two that, years. you know. And uh, th- that that's what makes it so great. They're, they're, they're so, they're, they're just, they get it. They nail every single note, every single line, back and forth, without hesitation. Um, you know, and, and that's, and that's what makes them so great. Uh, my, my, my favorite Gus line was, um, <laughs> right at the beginning here. And, uh, this is sort of a Gus and uncle Burton back and forth. And, and, and Gus is trying to impress uncle Burton. He's going to take him to a fancy restaurant. And Gus is like, it's been reviewed. It, it got four spoons and uncle Burton goes crack spoons from the sound. Of oh it. man. That, <laughs> that's right. When you know, this guy's going to be a prickly pear. Yeah. And then there's so many good Uncle Burton lines. Uh, the one that you have, this psychic stuff's a little wimpy. Yeah. Because <laughs> Gus is going, you know? And then, and then Sean goes, at least he's not doing it in a tutu in Capizia. Right. <laughs> oh, you think Diagnosis Murder ever let the family get in the way of his work? You know, it was just... It's just he had these zingers, and they're all you know mostly uh, you know cop related. Uh, Matlock stuff. never ate this good. I'm going to the car and unbuttoning it in my pants. Yes, which is I feel like a, a thing they they say all the time. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm going to go you know slip into you know my comfortable pants or you know you know something you know because these guys are always eating. So those are those are some great stuff. We, we can't talk enough about Uncle Burton. Um, we we mentioned that the Great Henry line. I mean, you can't eat oh. a burger with. You eat a burger without beef in it, you've lost the right to complain about flavor. You've lost just... the right to complain about flavor. <laughs> and then Lassie had a couple of good. Not a lot of jewels in this one. She was just kind no, of there. She was the uh, along. season one jewels. Yeah, she was just kind of there, which was. Uh, but Lassie was also just kind of there, too. He yeah. didn't really have uh, much, but, you know, he uh, had one I loved where he said, okay, this whack job is in violation of at least six different municipal codes. It smells she like smells curly, like curly fries. fries. Yeah, which I also just great. love uh, this because it's just like the repetition of the writing has become so good. Where it's like, is there something wrong with you, Mister Spencer? And Lassie goes, "You picked a day." That's that question. Yeah. Like, because he's he's just saying nonsense, and Lassie is still like not unflapped by it. He's just like, "Yeah, okay, this is normally yeah. what this fucking guy does." <laughs> yeah, so that was a great. And the only thing I found a little odd about this was that Chief Vic was. You know, so on board to go with, but yeah, she was just couple- like, "Yeah, we find information in all sorts of ways. This is like different." But sixty-five million years off, she's like really admonishing him about mm-hmm. it. Like, do you want to kill yourself? Like, maybe we should have you committed. Like, his craziness in that episode is any different than any other time. Uh, so that was like the only thing where I was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah. button up Chief Vic a little bit. Let's let's tighten her up. Let's let's get her. You know." You know, on which we do eventually. She she becomes you know tried and true. Uh, you know, no no real. Oh yeah, labor. I mean her and I think uh, both jewels become much stronger as the seasons go on. But this yeah. this episode was clearly character development mainly for one Mister uh, Burton Guster. Yeah, and so that was great. So anything else before we jump into the cream school, my friend? I would just say it's you know it was. Obviously, I watched it a few times, but I really enjoyed the the back and forth between Sean and Gus throughout the whole episode, just because it's so nat. It, like you know, I've said this 
in this podcast. I've said it 10 times probably over the course of it. Their friendship and the way that they go back and forth is just so real and relatable to like yeah. how you would act with one of your best friends. I think they just capture it so well every time. And it's a credit to them as actors. And I would like to know like what their relationship is in real life. Yeah, like, uh, uh, do they do they have they stayed close once the show mm-hmm. ended? You know, may, maybe not. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like they can't possibly not like each other because they wouldn't have this chemistry on the show. No, you know, had they not. So, you know, like like we said, it's a lot like Keith and Davey. It's a lot like Mac and Goo. It's it, these are two guys that you feel like have known each other, you know, all their life. Like they they are the characters, and they're comfortable they with each other. Oh, a hundred percent, because there is. The, the stuff they say, the stuff they pull off, it's everything about it. It's like it's one of the rare occasions where you, you're watching something and you know you believe that relationship hook, line, and sinker. You don't it's, question it's, it one bit. It's very much like Turk and JD in Scrubs, but I think yeah. this is a little bit better just because it's the whole focus of the show. Yeah. Right. I mean, every I episode felt Scrubs is, was forced. This doesn't ever feel forced. I think Scrubs gets a, a little bit of a, a bad, uh, like not a bad rap, but I think you know some people are turned off by what's his name, Zach Braff, like just yeah. in general. But I think as you go on, he gets more endearing. I think he's like kind of like annoying at the beginning, but I think he gets better as it goes on because Sean, I think, plays better. Uh, you know what's his name. Um, why can't I never remember this guy's name? I've seen his the name li- millions. Yeah. James Roday. Yeah, James Roday. <laughs> How do I not know this? He's like my favorite <laughs> actor of all time. Uh, I think he's a little more endearing right away than, you know, uh, Zach Braff. But I think this friendship is stronger just because literally it's the basis of the show. Like JD has a bunch of side stories. He's all yeah. about Elliot, all about women. This is literally every show comes down to basically their friendship. Oh yeah, and 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 any time where there's a potential crack in that friendship, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you see how much it impacts those characters and yeah, how much the love it, interest, it sends them off the rails. The love interests are the side stories. Like Jules yeah. is the constant side story. Burton is like me in the Mac and Gooch, uh, the uh, the dork <laughs> chat, uh, or the I was gonna say like it's like me and Mac in the dork chat. Yeah. Or not the Dork Chat, the Dork Shared Gooniverse Chat. It's like we're the only two single people, so it's kind of a running joke, our relationships. <laughs> right. Um, like it's not like you know, you know what I mean? It's like that's the joke. It's not yeah. like a main plot. And yeah. like I just think it's just such a good pairing. Like, I can't believe that they were able to like cast these two together and it just worked. Yeah, I mean they nailed it. And it, it and it's not easy to get a show to go, you know, eight seasons, you know, and they did, and it just got better and better and better and better and better. And like I said, you 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 buy that relationship between those two hook line sinker. You never doubt it once. It never feels forced. It never feels fake. It's like you're mm-hmm. watching two best friends on TV having a gas, you know. All right, so we can get into the cream skull, sir. All right, so um, a couple of you know, so so some of the running gags we get a couple of we, we get a couple of nicknames in this. We get mm-hmm. uh, psychic wildebeest, uh, which I thought was a great one. We get uh, magic head, and uh, you know what? Let's throw to Brickishaw Fillington. Oh uh, yeah, I think there. that's missing from an actual list because every time I go to make a new player and I'm running out of names, I Google Gus nicknames. Yeah. That's not on there. 
It should be. I'm counting it. it I mean, that's 100. percent It was a great one. Uh, we get. Uh, we. I love this. Gus, don't be a. Gus, oh, yeah. don't be such a gloomy you. Yeah, don't <laughs> be such a gloomy you, Gus. Yeah. Um. And did we? Um. Do you know where the pineapple was? Was there a pineapple? I forgot to look this up. I, I did not it. look. And I didn't see it off the top of my head. So this might be one of the ones where there isn't. Um, a pie. Maybe it's on a shirt or something. Or I bet someone's gonna say it was on this plate of food at this restaurant. You know, like that doesn't probably that that doesn't count. Um, and and <laughs> as I said earlier, no Henry Prickler. This was a, you know, this was a pretty good, uh, you know, solid Henry. Uh, episode. Oh, so it's only in verbal name. Uh, Meat is murder. Uh, the yes. episode that we are currently watching at the newspaper. Gus blurts out keylaces, shoe horses, pineapples. Oh, okay. Now I like to see a physical pineapple. That's yeah. you know I want to see a physical, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, orgy fruit uh, on the show. So this is where things get a little interesting, Billy. Before we wrap it up, we're gonna rate this some bitch out of eight pineapples, and uh, I love it. I gave it eight and a half. This is one of my. It's not a Mount Rushmore for me, but it's one of my favorites. So this is what like. When I saw that, I was like, oh, he must have meant like six, seven and a half. So you're giving it out of eight pineapples. Eight and a half. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, seven and a half. That's okay. There okay. we go. <laughs> All right. Seven little, and a half. Little math and goo right there. Yeah, a little math and goo. You know, dogs having a you know, brain fart. Uh, this is why I need Saturday to happen. Uh, little, little, uh, little peek behind the curtain. Uh, Madden chat. We're, we're we're having a golf outing on Saturday, and then we're having a little, uh, a little, a little, a little a barbecue. And uh, and I have been trapped in this this house. I love my wife. I love my daughter. But I I just need to like, you know, get away for a day. And so, because I'm turning into mental tapioca, it's just getting worse <laughs> and worse and worse by the day. So yeah, because I was like, what? You know, what's the question marks? So I was thinking for some reason I was thinking out of nine. Uh, so seven and a half. I love this episode. This is uh, this is a this is a good one for me. Yes. Uh, there we go. Like, there we half. go. I was like, damn. I was like, this isn't even like a, a Mount Rushmore for the guy, but he's giving it an eight and a half. Right. Uh, I'm gonna go five point seven five. Little uh, Dave Portnoy uh, pizza review here, given the fractional points, just because it's wedged in between between two episodes that I would give a high six or a seven. Yeah. So. It is really good, but I don't think it's a mile a minute, joke per minute, laugh out loud, funny at all times, where I think the next one, to me, I enjoy a little bit more. And the one before it, I enjoyed uh, a good deal more. Yeah. Like I said, for me, a lot of this is, is based on the physical stuff, like the mm -hmm. physical comedy from Gus and those visuals. Uh, I love Bur Uncle Burton. Uh, and Sean is gonna, you know, like more than I remember the the one liners that he has. So this is, and I probably, you know, I rank this one uh, as high as I do too because at at a season two, this is one of the ones that I would just. It's American duos or this one, right? You know, it's like going to be like American duos running into sixty five million years off, and then I mm -hmm. fall asleep, or it's meet as murder, and then next week's episode. Uh, you know, and then I fall asleep, sort of thing. So, I mean, these are ones that I always kind of focus on, uh, in season two a bit. Uh, so that's why I gave it his, his high score. Yeah, eight out of five. Yeah, Jesus, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I told you, I'm, I'm tapped. Like, I need a day, like a full day to, of just like golf and beer 
and meat to just sort of reset all the you fucking wiring. You need some wiring. testosterone around you. Yeah, yeah. I need I need to reset the wiring because I'm all frayed up there right <laughs> now. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, at this point, I think uh, no Henry Prick Alert, so we can nope. probably get into the... Come on, son. Come on, son. Come on, son. Come on, come son. On, son. Come uh, on, next son. week, it's If You're So Smart, Then Why Are You Dead? Um, this is... I, I've seen this one a bunch of times. It's got a lot of good reveals, a lot of good twists and turns, a lot of good one-liners. I think this is at times laugh out loud funny. And I think this is Gianna's first episode. She tweeted at us like, oh my God, Gus crushed it in this one because this is the one at the end where he's talking about the teak lockers. And yes. I've never been car sick a day in my life. Yes, um, yes, yes. I'll see if I can get that word for word and act it out next week. Cause that is like an un like that scene is so good from Gus. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. This is an absolute banger for sure. So I, I absolutely can't wait for it. And uh, where can the people find us, Billy? Uh, everywhere. Type in hashtag dork shared universe on Facebook, or as Rossi would say, just type in hashtag dorks and you'll probably find it. Um, <laughs> Cause there's probably not many of those. Uh, you can find all of the podcast TLDR. I've heard it both ways. Obviously this one, PCP, change my mind, Mac and Goo, Dork. Did I miss anything? I think that's it. I think that's all of them. You can follow the streamers. Of course, this is Back Cracker. When we asked him to say it on the Mac and Goo <laughs> 300th episode, he said, uh, at Jesus Christ. So <laughs> check you, that. I'm afraid, man. <laughs> check that one as well. Shine Time, Aravon D. He's doing his Friday night Q&As, I think, still. So go check all of those guys out. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. So until next week, wait for it. Frank says hi. <laughs>